Hello, I'm Jake Duke, and I'm here to serve you with the information you need to understand what being an agriculture educator is all about. Throughout this series, you will learn about the different parts that make up high school agriculture education. Welcome to the Ag Teacher Feast. Let's dig in. Hello and welcome to this episode of the Ag Teacher Feast. Today we are talking about SAE, Supervised Agricultural Experiences. These are the sides to a dish. They're the independent things that students work on during the, their school year and during their high school career. And they're all gonna be unique. They're gonna be different from each one that you see. Some students are gonna do a certain type of SAE and some are gonna do a diff another type. Today on our episode, we're going to do a few different things. Uh, first, we're going to look at an article about SAE that shows some that shows teacher perceptions of it and how it can be imp implemented and what challenges are they are faced with. Next, we're going to go on a deep dive into the different types of SAEs and how they can be achieved and how every student in your program can have an SAE that is worthwhile and meaningful. We'll also talk about different award opportunities that are available for students who complete an SAE. Uh, and the, these awards are given through FFA. And we're going to go over to the different types of those and see how your students can achieve highly and have those benefits to them and see, the, see their own achievements. We're then going to have an interview with a student with an outstanding SAE. We're going to listen to her talk about it and give us information on how it has helped her. We'll lastly have an interview with a college professor who is an expert in SAE and how it can be implemented in the classroom and how teachers should respond to doing an SAE. So it's got to be a lot today. We've got a lot of information to cover and I hope that it's going to be very beneficial to you. Let's get started. So what exactly is an SAE? It is a supervised agricultural experience for your students. They're doing independent projects outside of the classroom and it can relate to your instruction, but this is for your students to decide what they want to do and let them lead their own learning in this project. Let's look at an article that uh, was a study that was done by a master's student at Virginia, uh, at Virginia Polytechnic Institute and State University back in 2017. This study asked teachers in the state of Virginia about their perceptions of SAE and how important they are to the students. Overwhelmingly, it was positively found that SAEs are important to the students and that they are a valuable part of the three-circle model of ag, of ag education. There were different things that they talked about that they bring a wealth of knowledge and skills to the students that they may not get inside the classroom. They get to gain, gain hands-on experience and explore different career opportunities that can be used to further their careers after high school. Uh, the whole point of CTE, as we've discussed before, is to give students the skills to join the workforce. Well, SAEs can give them the experience they need to be employable to future employers. And they're much better at making them successful and deciding if they want to go on to a university, they know what they want to study at that university. And it also helps them find local opportunities if they don't want to go to a secondary uh, school, they can go straight into the workforce, depending on what type of SAE they have. But the study also found some barriers that teachers had when they were trying to implement SAEs into the classroom. Uh, they, students might not have the amount of funding they need. 
some students may not really want to do an SAE and don't have the work ethic for a, a full immersion SAE. Some teachers don't feel prepared to supervise an SAE. They don't really know what goes into it. They don't have, they feel like they don't have the resources to actually help their students get the meaningful experience they need. They don't know if they have enough time to spend with each individual student. And they have to manage doing SAE, FFA, and classroom instruction um, all together within, within the classroom. So the recommendations from the study were to have resources available to teachers and students to help them guide through the SAE process. So this study was published in 2017, and it's been fairly recently that there's been a new program called SAE for All. And in this program, there are learning guides for each type of SAE that a student can complete. There are teacher guides and there are student guides. So all the resources are available to you to, have, to help all of your students have an SAE. And you may be surprised on exactly the different types of SAEs that are available. So if you're first starting out with an SAE and your students have no idea what they want to do, there is this category of SAE called Foundation SAE. And in this, they, in this category, students complete a learning guide that helps them focus on what they want to do and be get, still gain employability skills that will be helpful in future careers. In the Foundational SAE Learning Guide, there are five components. There is the Career Exploration and Planning, which is all about helping students figure out what their career goals are. There are the Employability Skills for College and Career Readiness, which helps them become better marketable for themselves for the workforce. There's a section on Personal Financial Management and Planning, so that students know how to handle money and what to do with it and how to have financial independence. There's also a section on workplace safety. So if in a lot of the careers that are in the um, agriculture industry, you need to know workplace safety because they can be dangerous. And this allows students to see that and actually understand what sort of careers they may want to pursue. And lastly, there's the agricultural literacy component, which allows students to learn more about agriculture, be able to research and analyze different issues and be able to come to a consensus on issues from doing full research that helps them understand how the agriculture industry works. So that's the foundational SAE that your students can do for a semester or up to a year where they don't have any experience with agriculture, but you're still letting them do this independent work that is maybe not as much in the classroom, but you can still use it in your, in your classroom instruction and give your students a valuable and meaningful SAE, even though it may not be what you expected an SAE to be. There are also the immersion SAEs. These are the more, these are the things that you're probably more used to knowing all about. There are actually five different categories of an immersion SAE. First, there's the placement or internship in uh, SAE, which is where students work a job or they have an internship at a different company outside of the school. Uh, this is the probably the most common type of SAE that you'll see uh, where students have a position in a agriculturally based company that they can use for an SAE. There's also the ownership and entrepreneurship SAE where students run their own business or they have their own service that they do themselves. And it's an agriculturally based 
a, a business that they do themselves and that the teacher just comes in and checks on and makes sure that they're doing what they need to do and that they're keeping an accurate record of all the work that they're doing. There are also research SAEs. This is where the agri-science fair comes in. Uh, this is something that is really common in classrooms to where teacher can give every student an SAE by doing a research project. It is going to be meaningful to them. It's going to give them skills that are going to apply both outside of the school and later workforce, but it's also going to help them in other subjects in school if they can do research. There is the school-based enterprise category. This is where students are working inside of a school-based job. So this could be working in the greenhouse. Um, this could be working in an animal lab that you have on, on school premises, an animal care lab. Um, this, and this is outside of the classroom. They're doing hours outside of the classroom to achieve their SAEs and still learning and doing independent work. Lastly, there's the service learning category. This is where students complete a service project for their community. Uh, this is going to be a service project that is not an FFA project. This is one that they're creating themselves and helping a community need. They are not doing something that your FFA chapter has done for years. They're in charge of their own project and is an it can be an agriculturally based project where they uh, help the community in some form or, passion, form or fashion. So those are the different types of SAEs. And when I was learning about this, I didn't realize how many types there were. Um, I didn't even know what my SAE was in high school, but it was a school-based enterprise SAE. Uh, and so I think that we let our students know about these different guides and all the guides are available. If you search SAE for all, they're available for you to use, for your students to use their teacher guides and student guides. So um, you can really help your students and know what they're going to do in their learning guide and what they need to do to achieve their SAE and have it be a full meaningful experience. So let's talk about the different types of awards that can be achieved by your students from having an outstanding SAE. First of all, we're going to go over the proficiency awards that are available to your students. There are currently in the National FFA organization, 45 different proficiency areas. And then there are even some are split up into entrepreneurship and placement. So if your students either own a business or work in a business to where they are uh, doing these different areas, they can have a proficiency award. And there are a lot. Um, there are also going to be awards for different types of ag research and uh, different types of things that you may not even think about. Ag communications is one. And there are all these different career areas that your students are completing their SAEs in. And what we need to realizes that these proficiency awards are for outstanding SAEs. And sometimes our proficiencies, they may become something that we're just doing the SAEs for a proficiency award. And it's great to be recognized for what we do as we work hard in an SAE. We need to realize that SAEs are for these benefits of our students to gain employability skills and to gain independent work experience outside of the classroom. We don't need to put too much pressure on them to to focus on one certain category for a proficiency. However, we should be proud of our students who are able, who are able to have these SAEs that get the proficiency awards. They've worked hard and that they get to see their work being recognized and outside of the classroom and through FFA and through proficiencies. There are also major awards, the STAR awards. Uh, these are awarded to students who have an outstanding and above and beyond SAE and 
there are four, uh, currently four different categories on the national level. Uh, we'll go over them now. There's the American Star in agribusiness. This is for an FFA member with a non-production agribusiness. So this is not a fuel production uh, type of agribusiness. This is a different ag business that they have put a lot of work into and have an active uh, membership in FFA and are, have also exemplary scholastic record. Uh, there's also the American Star in Agricultural Placement. This is for the placement SAE, uh, who they have a outstanding agricultural placement and they have to show that they are being an excellent member of wherever they are placed. There's the American Star in Agriscience. This is for students who are have uh, research skills and research topics that have been above and beyond the rest of, of the other research SAEs. They are actively engaged in doing their own research or they're part of a group of uh, researchers who, and they constantly are trying to find ways and answer different questions about ag that they can do through research projects. Lastly, there's the American Star Farmer, which is awarded to FFA members who have a top production uh, SAE ag agribusiness. They have to have been working for a very long time and have something that is really meaningful to the ag industry. And these are students. These are still high school students. To even get a star award, maybe on a local or regional level, that is still outstanding for your students to have put in all this work and to show that they care about agriculture and that they are willing to be uh, outstanding in their field. There are also something else that SAEs uh, contribute to, and that is degrees. Uh, degrees can are awarded to different to every member. Uh, they not every member, but to members who are active in FFA, but also have time and money spent into uh, developing their SAEs and have worked hard in an agricultural agriculturally based uh, SAE. And so there's different categories of that. There's the green hand, which is for ninth graders, and then you have also a, a chapter a degree that students can achieve on a local level. Then there's the state degree, which is uh, a little little more difficult to get. You have to work more and have more hours spent and more time spent and more money spent on your SAE and investing that investing that money into um, developing your SAE further. And then there's the American FFA degree, which is the highest degree that you can get. Um, this is something that a lot of students do not achieve. It is very difficult to achieve and you have to work hard for it and have plenty of lot of hours to get the American FFA degree. And you actually do not actually qualify for it until after you graduate high school. And so your students have to carry on what they've done after high school and continue to work in the ag industry or have an SAE in the ag industry. And so it's something that requires a lot of dedication and it's something that should be, should be very highly held, uh, held their students be very held highly if they reach this point in their FFA careers, because it's something that requires a lot of work and many, many FFA members do not reach this point. So now that we've covered what SAEs are and the different award opportunities for SAEs, we're going to go, we're going to have an interview with a student uh, who has done a lot of work in her SAE and has also achieved many awards and many recognitions for what she has done. And I hope that you really enjoy what she's about to talk to you about. So here we go.
Well, welcome to the podcast, Devin. Uh, today we have Devin. Uh, she is currently a student at MTSU and a former agriculture education student in high school uh, and with a pretty good SAE. And so I thought it'd be great if we could talk to her and learn a more, little more about that. So, uh, Devin, uh, what type of SAE did you have? Um, my SAE was a placement SAE, which is immersive. Uh, what, how is that different from different type of placement? Um, well, in, I know in the immersion, are you asking me what, what type of immersion SAE, yes. Sarah? Yes. Okay, um, so I know there is placement and entrepreneurship. Um, there's a research one. And there's two or three others that aren't, are, uh, aren't coming to mind right now. All right. And so yours, you were actually doing work. Uh, you weren't doing the research projects like that. So yeah. why don't you just tell us a little bit about your SAE and what you did? Yeah. Um, so within my SAE, um, I worked in multiple greenhouses. Um, I started out very basic, um, watering and deadheading flowers um, in the Eagleville Horticulture uh, Greenhouse. Um, as my knowledge and experience expanded, um, I began mixing soil and preparing um, growing media. Um, I planted and propagated plants uh, for all of our uh, seasonal sales. Uh, eventually, I began uh, mixing and applying fertilizers and pesticides and herbicides and all those things, um, assessing the plant's needs, you know, as, as needed. Um, I also assisted in the maintenance and upkeep of the greenhouse or anything um, around that aspect. Uh, I even expanded my SAE um, into my workplace, actually, um, because of my experience um, with this, I earned a job at 4K Nursery in Eagleville, Tennessee. Um, there we had 18 greenhouses um, where we grew crops and vegetables year round. Uh, we actually supplied two restaurants to, um, and we sold, I think every Saturday or every other Saturday at the local farmer's markets. Um, at 4K, my responsibilities were a lot like those at the Eagleville Horticulture uh, Greenhouse. I planted, I weeded, I watered, I harvested, washed, processed, marketed, and sold our product too. So I went even a step further. Um, in a nutshell, if I was not at school, I was in a greenhouse uh, somewhere. So my ag teacher had a hard time keeping up with me. <laughs> so basically, as your uh, schooling went on throughout high school, you kept growing what you were doing. Yes, I kept just building and building. Awesome. Uh, so with your SAE, you're able to apply for proficiency awards through FFA. What proficiency awards did you apply for and how did you do on those? Yeah, uh, my the first year I was eligible to apply, I applied for two. Um, technically, you can only win one, um, but I applied for specialty crop production because of the unique crops that we grew at 4K Farms in our greenhouses there. Um, and then the second was nursery operations. Um, just because of everything that I did with greenhouse and the nursery industry. Um, I was very honored to win regionals um, in my nursery operations for three years in a row. 
and state runner up two of those years. Um, but unfortunately, I never went any further with the specialty crop. Well, I mean, that's that's pretty good anyway to get to the state level yeah. uh, with your SAE. Um, yeah. That's it's um, really good for students to see that their SAE does matter and that uh, they get to be awarded for the hard work they do. Yes, um, it, it felt great to walk across stage and just be like, hey, I did this. Um, how did your SAE connect to what you were actually doing in the classroom? Um, so I was already on the plant and, I think plant and soil science pathway um, in high school. So I took a landscape management class, um, a greenhouse class, uh, and I think horticulture was the next one. So we were always in the greenhouse or learning about different plants and things. Um, so really my SAE was just carried over from my classes too. So you were able to use what you learned in the classroom to be, do your own independent work. Yes, yeah, yes, cool. very much so. Um, how did your SAE affect your school experience? Ooh, On, honestly, it was kind of distracting to for me um, because I was so into that. I loved being in the greenhouse and working. And um, so I would be sitting in some of my general classes like math or science and thinking about what I could be doing um, you know, outside or in my ag class. So it was distracting, but it was kind of the thing that kept me in school. Um, I remember my freshman year in my agri-science class, um, my ag teacher, she uh, introduced me to FFA, um, the supervised agricultural experiences and all the opportunities that our agriculture, agriculture department uh, had in store. Uh, so I think it's safe to say that I've, I took nearly every opportunity that was presented to me and I, I enjoyed every bit of it. So it really helped you get involved um, with agriculture. Maybe, maybe you didn't have as much interest in it, but when you had your own independent project, you were able to really experience all that ag education had to offer you. Yes, absolutely. Awesome. Um, how did SAE enhance your career skills or guide your career path after high school? Uh, well, as I stated before, uh, while I was in high school, I got uh, the job at 4K Farms um, because of my uh, previous experiences and knowledge. Um, so that was cool. I worked with them for three years, um, but unfortunately they decided to sell off. Um, it also helped me. I worked at Lucky Lad Farms um, in Middle Tennessee here. Uh, I was manager of his greenhouse for quite a while. Um, right now, um, I don't have a job in that industry. Uh, however, I'm in school studying plant and soil science at MTSU. And I plan to one day have my own greenhouse, nursery and garden store. Um, it might be kind of far-fetched, but I know I would love it. and we all have, have to have something to work towards, right? And I think uh, that's really cool that you're using what you did in high school um, 
as a way to guide what you actually want to do with your life. I mean, you've been able to have your own project that you took ownership of, and now you're able to use that to guide what you want to do. Yes, absolutely. It, it's, it's safe to say I fell in love with it. Awesome. Awesome. Well, is there anything else you want to tell us about your SAE? Um, I don't think so. Um, I will thank you for having me here. And I, I hope that um, every ag student has the opportunity to take part in an SAE, or at least, um, you know, has has the option or maybe even that ag teacher that gives them a push like mine did. Because like I say, I didn't want to be in high school. I didn't want to be there. Um, but my ag teacher presented this to me and kind of give me that, you know, push on the back and look where I am now. Now you're in a place to where you're actually in a program to where you could be an ag teacher one day if you wanted to. Absolutely. I, I would love to um, be the one to help help someone like my ag teacher help me. Awesome. Well, thank you, Devin, for doing this and uh, telling us about your SAE and showing that your SAE is more than just like an individual project. It's something that actually guides your learning in high school and guides you to where you might want to be in the career field. So thank you. And uh, now we'll get back to talking about SAEs in the podcast. All right. Now that we've heard from a student about SAE, let's go over the highlights. From that interview, we saw a few different things that are really important to note. Students can start their SAEs maybe at a basic level at during their freshman year, but as it goes on, it builds and builds to where students are being more independent from the school-based setting and are able to have something that really has meaning to them. And we saw that Devin progressed from, from just watering plants all the way to being greenhouse manager at places or being somewhere where she can have more say in what happens at the nursery or greenhouse. And that's really cool that we can see our students grow as their high school career increases and see where they can go with their SAE. Also, it's important to see that her SAE has guided to where she wants to go in her career. She may not have interest in a greenhouse or nursery management, but now as she is in college, she's doing pot and soil science and has hopes to run her own greenhouse and nursery store one day, which is what all what this program is about. It's giving our students ideas for what careers they want to pursue in the future. We also got to see how Devin used her, used her SAE to achieve proficiency awards and saw the achievements and the work that she had done and how it was recognized by others that she had worked hard. And when our students see that they're going to be motivated after they've achieved so much to keep going because people are recognizing the hard work they're doing. So, We've heard from a student about SAEs. We need to hear from a, from a expert in the field who has taught students and who has had students do SAEs and can show us how all students are able to have an SAE that is both meaningful and going to help them in their high school experience. So let's start that interview. So now on our podcast, we have Dr. Cheney Mosley, who is a professor at Middle Tennessee State University. 
He specializes in agriculture education. So we would like to hear his thoughts about SAE and how students can have an active participation in SAE. So we're gonna get started here with the first question. Uh, as the teacher, uh, what responsibilities do, does the teacher have to assist the students in an SAE? Yeah, so I think to, to answer that question, Jake, first, thanks for having me on your podcast. I appreciate the invitation. And, um, and, and I'm, gonna, I'm also going to say at the beginning that um, I think that perspe perspectives about supervised agricultural experiences from a, a teacher perspective vary across our state, across the country. And I believe that people's perspectives or their philosophies of SAEs are often um, impacted based on maybe their experiences as an agriculture education student in middle school or high school. Uh, maybe what they learned if they went through an agriculture education teacher certification preparation program in college, or maybe what they've heard from their peers if they went through an alternative license program or something like that. So what I say, for those who are listening, take it with a grain of salt because my personal philosophy of SAEs is, is shaped and formed by all of those things. <clears throat> um, so your question, Jake, was uh, what are the responsibilities of a teacher in regard to SAEs? Yes, yes, that's it. Yeah, yeah so I, I think that, um, you know, when we think of SAEs, we, we often focus on that first word or that first letter S which stands for supervised. And um, many, based on conversations, many agriculture teachers believe it is their sole responsibility to supervise a student's agricultural experience. Um, I guess that depends on our understanding of, of what the word supervised means, and we'll get into that a little bit later. But um, from a teacher perspective, I think that the primary responsibility is to introduce students to the concept of a supervised agricultural experience and facilitate the planning for an SAE. Much of a student's SAE occurs outside of the context of the classroom. And so in many ways, a teacher can only influence what a student does minimally um, because they don't see the student once they leave from school and they go home or on the weekends, which is when a lot of students put time, energy, and effort into their SAE program. But when we think about what, it, what that means to facilitate the, the planning for an SAE, I think the teacher has a responsibility to embed that expectation into their instruction with regular intervals for checking in and also create an environment and a structure that is supportive for students so that they can uh, explore a lot of possibilities for an SAE and, and also providing flexibility for students to change the direction of their SAE if that's what they want. So I really see the teacher's responsibility for an SAE being to uh, facilitate the planning of that process and to then to support students throughout. There is some supervision, but I think the things that we just talked about are embedded into this aspect of, of, uh, of facilitating the, the planning and uh, maybe getting students started on the execution of it. So what you're saying is that even though every student is going to have an SAE, um, teachers don't necessarily have to be 
as hands-on as they may think they need to be. Like, it's still a time commitment, but it's not going to be as, like, overwhelming as you may expect. Right, and it, it's a time commitment from the, from the aspect of uh, a teacher needs to incorporate that into their instructional plans. But, but the supervision of an SAE can occur primarily in, in the, the day-to-day operations of the business of school. If, if the teacher plans on, like I said, those regular in, checking in with students at regular intervals and um, having students document their work, then that then that's embedded into just the normal process of, of teaching a class, then it's really not much of a heavy lift, I don't think. So uh, I, I think that when we think of supervi- the word supervised, we often think that it's a hands-on, eyes-on approach, but uh, that... The, that word supervised means uh, just making sure that you know, students are doing something along those lines and creating a process or a structure where students can reflect and, and plan goals and check on their progress towards meeting the goals that they set, things like that. But no, I really don't think that, that, that from a teacher's perspective, I don't think that supervising an SAE is that much of a time commitment. Uh, so I mentioned that we're supposed to have all of our students have an SAE. How do we ensure that students have an SAE? And is this really as difficult as it may seem? So I don't think it's difficult at all. Uh, and, I, and I'll talk about that a little bit. Um, it is important that all students have an SAE, but, but I say that also with, there's always a however, right? However, I think circumstances vary. So across the country, I've been involved in agriculture education in three different states. And so I know that the expectation for student SAEs varies by state. And not only by state, but it varies by county and it also varies by school. Many administrators hire an agriculture teacher to do just that, teach Monday through Friday in the agriculture classroom. They might be familiar that there's a student organization, the FFA, and if, a, if an administrator comes from an ag ed background, then they may be familiar with an SAE, they may not be, right? But if a teacher, for example, is not on an extended employment contract, meaning they're just like a, on a 10-month contract, that expectation for an SAE for that administrator may not be there. But if if uh, in a state like ours, Tennessee, if a teacher is on a 12-month contract, then embedded into that contract is the expectation for documenting student participation in SAEs. So the, the question of is it important kind of varies by teacher, by school, by, by county, um, and, and by state. And that's just sort of the, some of the administrative details about it. From a philosophical perspective, is it important that every student have an SAE? Absolutely. I recall probably my, probably about my fifth year of teaching high school and feel, finally feeling like I had arrived because I was proud to, to say 100% of my students were actively engaged in the supervised agriculture experience. Um, and a lot of folks would question it at that time. This was quite a while ago. And say, how do you get your students motivated? How do you get them all engaged or involved in an SAE? How are you finding the, the, the opportunities for them? And that, it, it goes back to a teacher's understanding of what an SAE is, right? So 
there may be some who come from the perspective that an SAE means that you are earning money, but that's not the case. Uh, um, more flexibility for what we define as SAE, but again, that can vary by state. Um, some states may not recognize an SAE that another state does for the purpose of awards, things like that. But I think one of the easiest ways to have an SAE is to expect students to engage in scientific research every year. It's a great thing. It, it is likely aligned with standards. And, uh, and I would argue that if they're engaging in scientific research through something such as the agri-science fair, they're planning, they're executing, and they're reflecting. So I don't think I don't think it's difficult to have SAEs from that perspective. Now some would say, but that's not a true SAE program. They may be doing one-off research projects every year, but a, a, a research project can be continual. They can start small and based on the results, make changes or innovate whatever their project was and do something different and really turn that into a full-blown SAE program. But if they do. If they do change and they do a one-off a different topic each year, okay, I'm okay with that because I think the, the intent of the SAE is still being met even by that. So it may be more challenging, Jake, to have a student start an SAE their freshman year and really continue that program for three, four, five, or six years and truly grow and expand uh, uh, in a way that, they, that is well-documented. That can be difficult for 100% of our students to do, but is it hard for every student to have an SAE? No, I don't, I don't think that it is. So we've talked a little bit about what an SAE can be, but why do we have SAE as part of the three-circle model? Now, there are a lot of, uh, I think that, could, that question could be answered in a lot of different ways. So first, um, the three-circle model we know includes classroom and laboratory instruction, supervised agriculture experience, and FFA. So I'm gonna to jump to FFA for a little bit. Uh, the FFA motto is learning to do, doing to learn, learning to live, living to serve. And I like to connect that motto to classroom instruction and to SAE, because we know that membership in the FFA does not occur without participation in an agriculture education class. So the first aspect of that three-circle model is being enrolled in an agriculture education class and receiving that classroom and laboratory instruction. Once an ag student, they have access and the opportunity to become a member to join the FFA. The FFA motto, I think, is a great, uh, helps us realize how classroom lab instruction, SAE, and FFA all come together. So that learning to do, I, I, really believe that that part of the motto focuses on the classroom and laboratory experiences. And the second line is doing to learn. And I think when I, when I reflect on that, that, that second line, doing to learn, really makes me think about the hands-on learning that happens in the classroom, but also the supervised agriculture experiences. Because the student's SAE should be grounded in their personal and career interest. It should be something that the student gets excited about because they choose it. It's not designed for them, it is self-designed. And we know that when 
people are interested in something or genuinely interested in something, that they're more likely to engage in that. And so I believe that the SAE is where a lot of that doing to learn aspect of the motto is executed. I'm gonna go, I'm gonna geek out on you and go professor here and switch gears. Um, why is SAE important to ag education? It also relates really well to the experiential learning model. Those of us who are, are preparing to become agriculture teachers or went through a teacher prep program, most likely we heard that at some point or we will hear it. Uh, and I think a lot of ag education is experiential in nature, but Cole's experiential learning model really focuses um, on having experience, reflecting, and testing out new ideas, things like that. Now, that's not a that's not a a really good description of what the model is. Folks can look it up on their own, but essentially, that's what happens with with a student's SAE. They plan the SAE. They have a, uh, an experience. They reflect on that experience, and then they generate some new ideas, and then. Maybe they change some things. Maybe they take action on something and the cycle continues. So I believe the SAEs are really grounded in education theory. There's, a, uh, there's another theory situated in learning theory, which you may have heard about in your coursework, which talks uh, about how um, skills are developed through authentic learning experiences. And I think that the SAE really is an authentic learning experience for students. So we, we think that agriculture education is valuable because, uh, because you know, I, I could, I've said many times, agriculture is the oldest, largest, most important industry in our world. And so it's important from, from that perspective, but also we know students receive a lot of uh, knowledge and technical and employability skills that really prepare them for the future. Um, and if, you if we were to remove SAE from the three-circle model, I think we're taking out a critical learning opportunity. Are students going to be fine without an SAE? They will, they really will. A student will can graduate high school and have a very successful and productive life and career having never had an SAE. Many students do it because they were never in an agriculture education program. But are we giving our students the best learning opportunity if we don't facilitate the development of SAEs? I don't think so, because I think there are opportunities that they're missing out on. Um, and you touched on this, but the sort of skills that they get, can you go into a little deeper about the type of skills that students receive from having SAE? Yeah, yeah. So I, I often talk about uh, that my job is, as an ag ed professor, is to prepare students. Well, I would say that the job of an agriculture teacher is to prepare students for the world of work. Agriculture is part of uh, agriculture, food, natural resources as a career cluster is one of 16 career clusters identified in the National Career Clusters Framework and therefore is part of career and technical education. And all career and technical education teachers have the responsibility to prepare students for the world of work. I think preparing them for the world of work is about giving them technical or equipping students, we can't give it, but equipping students 
with technical knowledge and skills and employability skills as well. So the value of the employability skills is that uh, utilizing those skills can help students keep a job, but without those skills, students may not, it, having the skills students can get a job, but without those skills, students may not be able to keep a job. And so when we talk about employability skills, some may refer to them as soft skills or 21st century skills, um, but I think of things such as time management, communicating, collaborating, planning, reflecting, problem solving, creating, critical thinking, utilizing technology, things that are essential to a job, but many times are not related to a specific industry. And SAE facilitates employability skill development. So that's one, uh, that's one critical type of skill that I believe students develop through SAEs that is holistic. I think that we can generalize that to everyone who has an SAE because if they are planning and implementing an SAE, then they are going through the process of developing some employability skills. There are technical skills that are also documented that students develop through their SAE, but that's going to be individual. And it, um, it depends on what the student's program is about, and it depends on what the student is actually doing. Also, the degree or the level of technical proficiency that is attained is very student-specific as well. So. To generalize it, I would say the employability skills are the, the most valuable skills that every student gets from engaging in an SAE. Um, and okay, so next we're going to talk about the awards that go with some SAEs. I already covered a little bit earlier in the podcast, but um, what do you think about proficiency awards as a motivation for SAE? Yeah, so. You know, proficiency awards aren't the aren't the only awards that relate to SAEs. We also have the uh, the Stars program, which is related to SAEs. Star in agribusness, uh, Star in agriscience. You, you know, the Star Awards, and they may vary by state. I don't know if every state has a Star Green Hand, but I know we do in Tennessee things like that. So I'll just I want I'll talk about proficiency awards, and I'll talk about awards in general. So um, how important are proficiency awards to students in regard to their SAE. I, I don't think they're very important. And I know that may not be a popular opinion with some of the listeners, but hear, hear me out. There are, there are a limited number of proficiency awards. There are significantly more students in, a, in an average agriculture education program than there are proficiency awards. That being the case, and again, this may not be a popular opinion, but being competitive in a proficiency award area or category is not something that all students have access to. I think when access is limited, then, then uh, to, to a small group of students, then I don't think that something like an award serves as a motivating, as a significant motivating factor for the vast majority of students. Now, for some, that may be the case, and I think that's great. Um, 
but the, the proficiency awards program exists to recognize students with outstanding SAE programs. So to answer that question, I think the better question is, how important is, is it that every student have an outstanding SAE program? I think it's cool. And it's, it's exciting as a teacher when you have a student that you realize does have an outstanding program and they can get recognized at their local or their, their district or the section or the region or the state level as a proficiency award winner, maybe even at the national level. And those are incredible experiences for that tiny percentage of agriculture education students. So I really don't think proficiency awards are that, are that motivating. You know, students are motivated to engage in an SAE for a variety of reasons. Certainly there are extrinsic motivators. If a, if a teacher is using SAE as part of their assessment for student mastery of the learning standards, um, or if students are receiving a grade for it, yeah, that could be an extrinsic motivator. They're working to get that grade because they, they want a higher grade or they want a high grade in that class or on that activity. But the SAE, the Proficiency Awards Program, or the proficiency awards application is time consuming to fill up. It may not have it accurate records. And so there's a whole there's a whole nother conversation there about how do we make sure that students have records that are accurate, that are well organized. I'm mean, sure those are the things that we can do, but I just I think that in general, the proficiency awards are not accessible to all students, um, and so I don't I don't think that that's very motivating for the vast majority of students. Um, in your experience, have you seen teachers maybe focus on a group of students as an ease because they can win proficiency awards? I love that question. Yes, <laughs> absolutely teacher's role in an, in an SAE. And something wrong with this, um, as a father, when my child accomplishes, when any of my kids accomplish something, I am so proud of them for that. And I want to see them get recognized. Um, I, I think of, of uh, our kid last year who had the first opportunity to be involved in 4-H. I couldn't wait for him to compete and when he, the first time he placed in a competition, he was excited. I was so proud of him. I wanted to support him and provide him resources and connect him with others that might help him be more competitive at the next level and things such as that. Because I care about him and because I want him to do well. So I, I think that teachers generally care about students and want them to do well. And if they see potential in students, to be recognized for their efforts, they're going to, to put more effort and emphasis on those students. And I really believe that's human nature. I think as teachers, we not only of agriculture, but in, but in general, we do that. We see that students have an innate talent in a specific area. And so we like to nurture that talent or they may be very skilled and we like to nurture that skill. And one of the ways in which we can do that is by placing emphasis or encouraging giving that student a little more encouragement or a little more attention. Also, there may be students who come to us as teachers and say, this is something I'm interested in. I've done as much as I can. Can you help me out? Absolutely, right? And so we may be connected to more resources or individuals that can, that can help those students. So there's nothing wrong with it, but yeah, of course, I do believe some teachers 
focus on, on some students that they, they see may have those outstanding SAE programs. But if we're being honest, there is a little, there is something in it for the teacher as well. And, and it comes in the form of recognition. Now, a lot of ag teachers are humble and would say, and will say things like, I didn't do that. The student did that. I don't deserve credit for this. The student deserves the credit. I don't deserve recognition. The student deserves the recognition. And those things are true. And with, But whether a teacher wants it or not, when a student receives an award, the teacher looks good. Their agriculture program looks good. The, the school looks good. The community looks good. Uh, and, and if you have an award-winning agriculture education program, it also speaks to some job security there potentially, right? So, so I think there, there may be a variety of reasons um, why teachers might focus on some students more than others. But I think that's okay because we, the same thing happens in sports. The same thing happen, happens in uh, and the general education content area, like English, math, science, social studies, where we see students have this potential to, to do more and to do better and to, to really just blow something out of the water. And so we nurture that. Great. Well, I just want to thank you again for uh, coming on here and being willing to do an interview about SAE. And uh, I think we've gotten some really good information about how maybe teachers see it as something that could be a burden, but it's really not. And it's something that all of your students can have an SAE and have a valuable SAE. Uh, and they can have such big growth skills to be employable in the future. So I just want to say thank you again, and then we'll get right back to the rest of the podcast. Thanks for having me, Jake. I enjoyed the conversation. Let's go over the highlights of that interview. First off, however overwhelming SAEs may seem to be for a teacher, from this we can see that maybe it's not as intensive as you think it is. Of course, you're going to help your have to help your students plan their SAEs, but once that step is done, you're taking a step back and letting your students do the work. Now you may be checking up on them with a few benchmarks throughout the year and making sure that everything is going as planned and as needed and that they are keeping an accurate record of what they're doing. However, you are not being in charge of them. This is their independent work. Also, it's not going to be hard to let all of your students have an SAE. There are many resources available to you that have been made possible in the last few years. We also need to talk about how SAEs are a part of the proficiencies and that it's great to have your proficiencies be given to your students and that you can let your students achieve highly and that you should be proud of them. It's okay for you to have focus on some students who are going to have these more intensive SAEs and yet you help them get to the point that they need to have these achievements given to them and let them see that their hard work is being done because students still need help and it's okay to help your students as much as they need. With SAEs, it's important that our students are achieving high their high expectations and that they are able to really understand that they can do this independent work on, them, on their own. And we see the employability skills that students are achieving and receiving from doing an SAE, they are going to be much more marketable to an employer because they have done these things and that they know these time management, they know about how, about work ethic, and they know about this, and that's going to be, make them be higher 
seen by future employers in the career field. So that's SAEs in a nutshell. It can seem overwhelming. It can seem that there's a lot, but with all the resources available to you, your students are going to have SAEs that are important to them, that they have ownership of, and are going to be meaningful experiences throughout their high school career and even beyond the classroom. After they graduate from high school, they may look back on their SAEs and say, that's something I really enjoyed. I want to pursue that in the college setting or in the local workforce setting. They're able to use their SAEs to benefit themselves and really connect what they're learning in the classroom and apply it to something else. Without SAEs and three-circle model, students would just be in the classroom and not really doing independent work and just not getting all the same benefits from doing this hands-on experience. So that's what ag education and CTE is about. It's about making sure that your students have hands-on experience to join the workforce in their lives and in future parts of their career and be able to see what they can do outside of the classroom. So there's your, there's your meal for today. You've got all the sides with your nice meal now and you can, it all goes together and you're going to have a great time with your students building their SAEs and seeing them come to fruition. So thanks for dining with us today and I hope you come back next time. See ya. This podcast was created and produced by Jake Duke as part of a senior thesis project at Middle Tennessee State University. Accompanying each podcast are learning guides that will give focus to the important information of each episode. Thanks for listening.